Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Holy Ship Podcast. We are so excited for you to listen to today's episode with Candice Diaz. She has an Instagram, Candice Diaz vlog, and a podcast for love's sake. She is also a mom of two adorable kids, and we are so excited for her to talk about her story and um, how she is empowering women to find healing after experiencing betrayal from porn addiction with their relationship. So without further ado, welcome Candice to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, it's such an honor to have you. Um, just to start off, could you briefly tell us um, just more about your story and specifically in relation to how you ended up starting this Instagram account and your podcast? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. So I don't know how, how far back I should go. But like, <laughs> So my husband and I have been on this recovery journey for like almost six years. And last year was a really hard year for us, which we'll probably get into that later. But with this um, Instagram and sharing more about betrayal, um, I just had this feeling like to talk about it. I was like super scared because no one talks about this, especially on social media. And I just had this prompting like I need to. And I was I just made a post about it and it just went viral. And I was like praying to God. I'm like, if this is what I'm supposed to do, help this be seen. And that's what happened. So I was like, I guess I'm doing this. And the main uh, reason why I do it is because so many women um, are experiencing this, but we all feel alone. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's like my biggest goal is to help women. Yeah. How did you um, come to start your um, podcast or, uh, and Instagram, like what was your, um, reason to just go ahead and put that initial post out there? Well, I think mostly because, um, uh, one day, yeah, I got that prompting and then I was just like, um, I'm tired of feeling so alone and it being normalized to have, you know, men struggle with porn or like, mm -hmm and I just wanted to give another perspective and um which led so first I did the Instagram posts and then it led to hey we should do a podcast which we haven't done a ton of the podcast but my husband started helping me with it just to like get the word out there of what it actually means to struggle with a porn addiction and like to get both sides and we came up with the name for love's sake because it's like for love's sake like Let's get love back into relationships. It, like, I love it. Yeah. No, that's, that's really great. That's our goal is like how people like just build love back in, mm -hmm. get rid of lust as much. Yeah. That's so awesome. And just for our listeners, if they aren't aware, what would you say is betrayal trauma? Um, and like, how is that experienced, I guess? So it's so interesting because I had no idea there was even a name 
for like what I was experiencing. Um, but I have done so much research and like healing and come to find like betrayal trauma or like partner betrayal trauma with sexual stuff is so intense. Like it can bring up symptoms of PTSD and it's such a new thing that some therapists don't even like understand or know how to help. But there have been therapists who um, have been doing studies and research and they've come to find that like women had the same symptoms of someone who has PTSD. So you have, you know, all those things that people with PTSD go through and you feel just like, it's hard to put into words, but like um, so many things. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, What, um, or I guess, how do you go through the process of, you know, finding out that your partner is addicted to porn and then moving and working through betrayal trauma? Um, What are kind of like the next steps from that indescribable initial feeling? Yeah, so our story is interesting because I already knew before we got married. So um, three weeks into dating, <laughs> um, he and I ended up finding out. He told me. Um, but I don't think we realized the extent of what it meant to struggle with porn in the way that he did, like more of an addiction type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like before we got married and everything, um I told him I will not get married if this is going to come into our marriage and he's like oh it's not like trust me and I think we both thought that since because we waited till marriage to have sex and so I think we both thought it would just go away once we were able to have sex um but three weeks into marriage is when it started coming up again and that's when I felt the betrayal I didn't even feel it until you know, after we were married, we made those promises to each other. And I felt totally just blindsided and betrayed that I wasn't good enough. Now he can finally have me and he's still turning to porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part of your question, like to start healing. So it was a lot of trial and error because like, we've been in therapy and stuff for years and like no one really helped me understand what I was going through like therapists church leaders no one like helped me really they just told me like keep being there for your husband and I'm like I'm trying I'm trying Mm -hmm. but for me what I've come to learn is you got to completely separate yourself from them their addiction um and just focus on your healing. And so like for me, once I let go of his choices and the outcome of our marriage and is he gonna heal, whatever, like I just focused on me and what I needed to do to heal and be at peace. And that's when I started finding healing. Mm -hmm. Wow. What made you stay in a relationship when you knew this had been a problem and it continued to be a problem? Because a lot of people do view a porn addiction as cheating or like being like unfaithful. How do you like navigate that aspect of it? 
Yeah, it's interesting because I view it as cheating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The thing is, though, with when we dated, so we dated for a year. And that whole year, he only viewed it two times. So for me, I was like, oh, like a virgin who's horny, you know, like two times, that's a pretty good outcome. So I don't think this will be a problem when we're married. So for me, I just thought, you know, it would go away. I think, I mean, now I have a totally different understanding than me back then. But yeah, I think there's just so much more into it than people think Mm -hmm. um but yeah I guess the thing that helps me a lot like is to find understanding Mm -hmm. in the addiction like how they've gotten to the point where they're at um yeah so for like people who are dating someone who say they have the same views like it's cheating and stuff um I would say to understand their partner and see where it's at or like how they got to that point Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, like, staying is determined based on whether or not there is a uh, motivation for change? Um, do you think, like, that's the reason? I do. I personally, I mean, it's so hard because, I mean, when you're dating, you're free to go. You know, like, you don't have to stay. Mm-hmm. When you're married... You don't have to stay either, but there's also this thing where, for me personally, I believe, you know, marriage is, like, ordained of God and, like, you try your best to work it out. But it comes to a point where if you're not happy and they're going to stay in addiction and they're not willing to change, you're not wanting to do the work, then, yeah, I personally would not stay yeah. But everyone's different, I guess. Mm-hmm. That is so true. <laughs> the world is very different when it comes to this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, what were your personal, like, side effects and consequences of finding out? Like, how has your self-esteem been affected, um, your confidence? Wow. Okay, so it's so weird because... I had never experienced self-esteem issues really like I mean the normal like girl stuff you deal with but not like deep core issues or like anxiety depression I had none of that and it really threw me for a loop um I feel like every time we talked about a relapse it would just build more and more and more and my self-esteem there was just none and I was not confident at all I like lost myself and I even got to the point where I got plastic surgery to become prettier or more attractive for my husband which didn't even end up helping (laughs) and it didn't help my self-esteem either but yeah it affects so much when you don't realize the core reasons why they turn to it Mm -hmm. you feel like well and I feel like society makes it feel like your job is to you know be your spouse's I don't know what the word is just be there to provide that for your spouse and Mm -hmm. so when you feel like you're not Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot that goes into it also like in addiction a lot of the times like the spotlight is focused on the addict and 
it is never shown, the light is never shown on the people who are affected by it. And I think also, like in the church or in like very strong Christian communities, and this isn't the case everywhere, but a lot of the times the notion is to wives are supposed to be in that supportive role. And so they're not getting the proper individualized attention that, um, you know, that they deserve and especially in like situations like this. So, yeah. I dealt with that so much, actually. Mm-hmm. Like we've been to multiple like church leaders and one like told me, you know, have sex whenever your husband wants because it's like therapy, like mm-hmm. replace those lustful thoughts with you. And that was, first of all, not true at all and totally disregarded my feelings and that's not healthy like it's not healthy to do that yeah and we had church leaders um yeah I've had a lot of church leaders like just keep on pushing through I'm like well when is enough like I don't feel like I'm loved I don't feel like you know all those Mm -hmm. things so I feel like it definitely made it worse when was the yeah sorry I was just gonna say when was the turning point for you to just like, you know, like give it all up to be like, you know, this, this advice isn't, you know, really helping. I, I don't want to feel this way anymore. Like what, when was that turning point for you? Well, it was actually, so because of multiple things, like my own um, self-esteem issues, my depression, um, and then church leaders saying this, my therapist saying like basically the same things is when I realized I don't trust anyone. I don't have anybody. So who else am I going to turn to than to God, even though I also didn't feel like I had God. I was pretty mad at God, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm mad at you, but I need you. And I prayed to him and I just got this overwhelming answer that I didn't have to deal with this much longer and like whether he chooses it or not god wanted me to be happy and that's when i realized okay i can trust god and myself i don't have to like rely on other people mm-hmm. yeah definitely um how do you and your husband navigate conversations about porn now and then kind of as like yeah so now okay we've been through so much now that it's like last year like there's so much I can say but last year we came out with a new discovery date is what people say so he ended up lying for a year pretending like he didn't struggle anymore so the truth came out a year later and um he ended up going to rehab to get help and after that has helped us to realize like the best way to talk with each other about it is doing like a daily check-in. So we know every day we're going to talk about it and it's not like this huge, long drawn out conversation. It's just like every night we, we share more than just porn too. We're just like share our feelings where we're at appreciation about each other. And then we're like, yeah, recovery is going this way. And it's for both of us. So we can both share our feelings and our recovery and doing that is such a game changer because before it's like anytime there was a relapse is when we talk and it's like hey I need to talk to you and I'm like oh great here's the PTSD like shaking getting mad already like and it's not 
a healthy way to talk about it. Yeah, I love your, I saw this on, um, on your Instagram, the uh, wheel of like adjectives or like emotions. And I th- after I saw that, I was like, I need to start implementing this in my own life because I feel like, you know, in in certain situations, especially like this, like just, you know, you're angry and you can't like pinpoint, but like our emotions are so much more complex. And I, I just love that. I thought that was great. I, yeah, I encourage all of our listeners to take a look. Yeah, we learned about the emotion wheel. And I'm like, how did I not know? Everyone needs yeah. to know about this. We need to be able to like point to like, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. We just think of happy or sad, but yeah. it's so much more complex, like you said. Ah, my next question would be, <clears throat> sorry, woo. Um, what safeguards do you like put in place in your like house and relationship to like help you both? Yeah. So for, um, so we've, I've created some boundaries for when you know, relapses do happen um, to make sure that I'm safe, my kids are safe, like all that. And then he has his own boundaries for his recovery. And so some things we do um, also like during check-ins, we make sure that we're understanding to each other. So like, say he does have a relapse to like help both of us. If I feel like I'm going to get you know, mad or anything. I'm like, hey, thanks for telling me. I need a little bit of space. Like, so we don't react in emotion. Um, And then like, if a relapse did happen, we got this from the people at rehab. They're like, a good thing would be like, you know, maybe he sleeps on the couch so you can have some space to think. And then um, he has his own, like he's created his own boundaries, which is really important for them to do because- it's their recovery is theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you try to take over, it pushes them away from actually doing the work. So one of his boundaries, he doesn't have internet access on his phone at all. Like he has an iPhone, but we took off all internet, which is actually really hard to get it completely internet free. <laughs> like you have to delete so many things. But yeah. that's one thing. That he, and then he also states his intention before he goes online or something. He, we learned that from rehab too. He's like, hey, I'm going online to look up this thing to kind of help him focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you talk with your kids at all about porn? They're still like pretty young, but I'm just like, how does that conversation go? We don't talk to them yet. I feel like mm-hmm. we will um, when they're younger, like not have it be like this mm-hmm. big, hey, here, just like kind of always. Yeah be taught about it like at age appropriate mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. yeah but I am like for some reason nervous to when we have to yeah <laughs> like when my husband went to rehab um he was gone for three months like we couldn't mm-hmm. see him talk to him anything oh. well I got to visit him a couple of times but like the kids didn't really so what we told them is uh, daddy's going away to school to become a better daddy <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't really talked about it much that's fantastic a lot of men can go to a school to be better men. <laughs> it's true. I do love men, though. This is not a men-shaming podcast. <laughs> Lydia's over there in her seat like, oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> no, we love the men. Love but the, the world has confused a lot of men. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's so accessible too. I, that's like something I've thought about, you know, because I've, I've experienced like a, you know, not a similar, similar situation, but I've been in this situation before. And it's like, you know, can, can we just eradicate all access to it? Like, will that do any good? Or is that just putting like a bandaid over the situation? Or will there always be the need to like get more creative at like going? That's always been a thought in my mind is like, you know, the more boundaries you put, would that make it like, would that refine the tools of, right, right. Um, yeah, what, what would you say about that? Do you think that um, the boundaries and the check-ins and how you guys are working through this has been helpful um, for you both? Yeah, I think it's so helpful because when, like for Alex, when my husband, when he's not honest about it or he's just in his mind, it's way more likely for him to keep being lustful day, like all day, continue in his addiction. And that's how he was hiding it for a whole year. Um, When there's honesty and accountability and just like connection, you're able to take this on together. Like we actually had a conversation the other day. I'm like, like we need to make sure we stay in the same page with this because I'm willing to fight this with you like if you want me to wake up every day and be like it's possible he could go have a relapse today but I'm gonna choose in then Mm -hmm. I want you to do the same like let's do this together because for me there's like no point (laughs) yeah I don't know but it's been very helpful for us and although it's like like for example when we'll go places and you know swimsuits now it's just like basically naked so like it's <laughs> everywhere and one time we went to um the river and we were just gonna go there with our kids to play and there was a lot of revealing stuff and instead since we talk about it we have boundaries and stuff we looked at each other and we both like obviously this is triggering let's go like we could communicate without even talking but it was helpful for both of us we didn't pull us apart or like mm-hmm. he didn't start obsessing over them like he would have if we weren't having mm-hmm. boundaries and talking and so yeah it's really helpful yeah it's awesome what has been um the biggest thing you've learned about yourself through all of this wow <laughs> a light question (laughs) sorry it can be it can be good it can be small you don't have to go real deep with it I just I I thought it was a good question because you know you've done so so much work you have so much love you know in your heart and so much loyalty and commitment like what has been I guess we can just say a positive thing that you've learned about yourself and yeah all you've been through thanks for saying that you're so sweet (laughs) Um, but I guess the thing I've learned the most is just what true love is. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but I just had this totally different idea of what love was before all of this. Yeah, yeah. But I guess it's not even about me. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's about you. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, you can be the main character right now. <laughs> It'll all be about you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then just to kind of wrap up, we always ask our guests one piece of advice or a resource they would recommend, or you could give us multiple. Um, 
about like for someone who just found out that their like husband or boyfriend is struggling with a porn addiction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I gotta do a little plug here. I am <laughs> actually creating. I'm in the process of creating a online course for women um, about betrayal trauma and. So that's one resource. If you go follow my Instagram, it's going to come out soon. But other than that, I would say getting a betrayal trauma therapist or going to couples therapy is like such an important thing. Like one of your first steps you should do um, because they're the ones, if you find a good one, we've had some bad ones, but if you find a good one, they're the ones who will really help you understand each other and start the healing process because yeah I we've learned there's no way to get through this on your own if you aren't educated on like what it all means so that's a big thing and also um there's a place called well it's called sexaholics anonymous and they have it's like aa but for Mm -hmm. sex and porn addiction all lust and they have a group for the men and women so it's a free resource that is actually really helpful i've never been to the women one but my husband goes every week to sexaholics anonymous is it like an online thing or is there like local groups or it's both so mainly local they have them all over like Mm -hmm. i think they even have them worldwide it couldn't be just us but some and then they have zoom Well, thank you everyone for listening to our episode with Candice. We loved our time getting to talk with her and we hope that you loved it too. Please leave us um, a comment or a like on our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And as always, please shoot us any questions, comments, or concerns at our Instagram, theholyship.podcast or email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to having you on another episode. Bye.